Language Talk is a series of podcasts of interest to Kentucky World Language Association members seeking information about important events, initiatives, and professional development opportunities. Each month, we will be talking with people in the know about world languages from across the state. Topics range from collaboration to the program review, from ACTFL News to interviews with master teachers. Language Talk is produced monthly by the Kentucky World Language Association Board and the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Kentucky. Welcome to Language Talk KWLA. This is your host, Laura Roche, and today's topic is the Kentucky World Language Program Review. Co-hosting with me is my colleague, Jillian Likens, German teacher at Beaumont Middle School. Hello, everyone. Over the last 10 years, initiatives pertaining to world language learning and instruction have placed Kentucky on the national radar, a state making strides in world languages. In 2004, Kentucky legislation included world languages as part of the pre-college curriculum. Thus, entering freshmen must attain two credits in the same world language or demonstrate competency in that language. Subsequently, both UK and Western have adjusted their entrance requirements to include proficiency level expectations of novice high. In 2009, the Kentucky World Language Standard was released, outlining student language proficiency skills and interculturality through benchmarks, indicators, and sample learning targets. It also helped guide the new national world language standards. Currently in Kentucky, world languages are at the forefront of many school and district discussions. The reason? The World Language Program Review. Starting with this school year, all public high schools must complete a self-assessment of their school's world language program, establishing a baseline score for accountability. Next year, all middle and elementary schools will follow suit. Our second Language Talk broadcast will be discussing the big picture of the Kentucky World Language Program Review. Our guests are Jackie Van Houten, World Language Consultant for Jefferson County Public Schools and former Kentucky Department of Ed World Language Consultant, and her successor, Alfonso de Torres Nunez, the current World Language State Consultant. Welcome, Jackie and Alfonso. Thanks, Laura. We're glad to be here. Thank you. I want to thank you both for coming to UK and being on this edition of Language Talk. Jackie, in your role as past KDE World Language Consultant, you brought many initiatives to Kentucky and worked really hard to enhance legislative understanding, teacher instructional practices, and student learning. Out of everything you did, what are you most proud of? Gosh, well, it's an ongoing um, process. You know, you, you never stop. And I, I guess I would say um, I'm most proud of working with the standards. Um, we have had three different versions of the standards, and they have evolved to the point that they guide teachers and learners now on how to <coughs> assess what they learn, um, how to demonstrate what they can do with language, and now with the new standards, how they can demonstrate their interculturality. Um, all of this is based on the actual proficiency guidelines. We've used the national tools to help form our tool, and then in turn, these can-do statements have helped to shape the can-do statements that have been accepted as the necessful, actful can-do statements, all working with Linguafolio, another initiative of which I'm very proud. But both of those, the Linguafolio and the standards that help learners and teachers know what they can do with language, have been very important in the formation of the program review. 
most everything in the first two standards of the program review <coughs> is based on those standards. Interesting. Okay. And I, speaking for all the teachers in Kentucky, you are the reason we're on the national map, and, and I really want to thank you for that because your um, dedication and just going after things, not giving up, really made it happen. So congratulations oh, thank for you. that. Thanks. Alfonso, congratulations on your new position at KDE. Thank you. Um, Alfonso, can you take this opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself? What viewpoint are you bringing to KDE, and what goals do you have? Well, um, as you're representing me, my name is Alfonso de Torres. Uh, I have been teaching in Kentucky for uh, six years as an elementary teacher in Sp uh, Spanish. Uh, I arrived to Kentucky first uh, thanks to the visiting teachers from Spain program, uh, thanks to Jackie. And uh, I started working for the first four years in Christian Canyon. Uh, I was able to not only work within my school, but also collaborate with uh, different grade levels at middle school and high school, Good. but also trying to reach out to more levels beyond the community, you know, like like universities or community college over there. Uh, then, <coughs> due to unfortunate uh, events in Christian County, uh, I had to move to, uh, and I had to find another job that I found, that I found in Jessamine County. Mm -hmm. Uh, where I started teaching again uh, in another elementary school under an amazing principal who uh, I am very thankful for because sh she was the one that actually uh, allowed or empowered me to be the teacher that I became uh, and I guess with the skills enough so that the kid you know came called to me and, mm -hmm. and say hey you know, we would like you to to be here. With nice. Us. Yeah. So about viewpoints, well, <coughs> maybe uh, uh, what I'm gonna say is, is sounds too naive, mm -hmm. or maybe it sounds a little bit unrealistic. But I have cleared my goal, which is I would like K to twelve world language education in Kentucky. And as I said before, uh, as of right now, it might sound naive. Uh, probably because of my inexperience compared to uh, Jackie. Not <laughs> but, <right> at all. <laughs> uh, I think, I believe that having cleared your goal, there are many ways that you can work towards that. And at the very beginning, maybe it might, it, it might need uh, taking, you know, baby steps, but then eventually get there. Um, so that, that's, that's my goal. Uh, the way that I would like to accomplish that, I, I would like to, to collaborate with everyone because I feel that without the incredible work of Jackie, we wouldn't be here today. As you mentioned before, uh, I am one of those teachers that thanks to her job, uh, I was able to do many other things right. at many different levels. And I want to continue that job, but at the same time, I want to, to uh, uh, reach to all those teachers as well they are in Kentucky. And, and make them part of the process of getting Kentucky to that world language education K-12. Well, I think the World Language Program Review is probably the most powerful tool we have right <coughs> now to make that K-16 through um, language initiative you have to, to start down in the elementaries. And it is our raison d'etre, I guess, lack of a better word, um, mm -hmm. for what we do. Well, thank you, Alfonso. 
Uh, Jackie, let's start with the history of the World Language Program Review. <coughs> so tell us how it came about. What was the thinking that led to world languages being included as one of the program reviews and within the accountability system? Yeah, it's, it's amazing that it has really gotten this far, and it's where we should be. I mean, we should be leading in this way. Um, it came about the same way that the basically the other program reviews came about, or at least uh, followed in their footstep. When the assessment process changed and writing, practical living, and arts and humanities were no longer assessed, um, legislators decided, along with the, the advice of the Kentucky Department of Education, to create these program reviews so that a program could self-assess and document how they were addressing the needs. Um, we knew at the Department of Ed that world language was an area that was going to be left out since it was and still is um, the only area that was a previous graduation well, college admission mm -hmm. requirement that didn't make it into the graduation requirements. Um, so we had to make sure that it, it happened some right. way, um, along with the primary programs, because that was the other area. Um, so the Commissioner of Education, Dr. Holliday, who is supportive of language, um, said, well, we need to have a World Language Program Review. And he just included it. He got the approval of the board. Um, there was were some tense moments um, with the Legislative Education Committee making sure that because they did not initiate it, it was still a valid program review to, to have. Um, and they eventually have accepted that. Okay. And it's now in place. <clears throat> Wonderful. That's really nice to know the background to that. Um, Alfonso, so far in your position, what have you found as being the biggest challenges or concerns when talking to schools or districts about the program review? And I'm sure there's tons of them. So which ones stand out as the most significant ones so far? Well, <coughs> I think that right now the, 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 the biggest problem, the biggest concern that we have found so far in the field is the, the lack of resources. Uh, what do you mean by resources? We have found schools that they are willing to to implement the program review, that they are willing to create world languages programs in in, in elementary, but either they don't have they don't have the the funds, or they don't have the 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 place, or they don't have the, the you know different resources across the district in order to implement something like this. Okay. On the other hand, we have found other districts that, that, well, they are still a little bit resilient to do this, uh, but uh, thanks to, uh, um, I, I guess that, that w one of the first things that I have been doing since I started is trying to reach them out before they reach me out. And I think that doing that has provided me with an advantage in saying, hey, we, we care about you, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I have felt that any kind of like, uh, you know, like ne negative attitude or anything has dropped from the beginning because we are trying to reach them out. We are, try we are, we are trying to, to make them know that, that we are here to help. Right, being proactive is really a good way to smooth 
Exactly. So ruffled feathers sometimes. We we have found that uh, that thanks to those callings that that we have been making and thanks to 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 that information that we have providing them and some guidance, uh, those uh, resilient attitudes at the very beginning it has turned into hmm. Well, we might be interested, you know, or uh, especially when you approach to the program review of world languages uh, from the point of view of, of the economical situation that is happening right now, mm -hmm. how much Kentucky is connected to the world, how much internationally uh, related is Kentucky in so many different ways. You know, so I think that, that probably the biggest concern is about how are we going to be able to do this and, and, and what resources do we have. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. The implementation of program reviews came with some general guidelines on how schools and districts should go about gathering evidence, assigning scores, and so on. These guidelines have led to schools and districts approaching the process in very different ways, though. So do either of you have any model programs that you'd like to share with the listeners on how it's been really effective at a school or a district the way they're approaching the World Language Program Review? Well, um, you know, I, you're right. There are myriad ways that people are, are approaching it. Um, and I think a lot of people are relying on how they did it with the other program reviews. Um, ideally, they should be starting with teams, teams that represent all the content areas, uh, an administrator, perhaps a parent, maybe even a student, and just looking in general, trying to give an overview of <coughs> feeling where they fall in the scoring. Are they proficient, do they feel? And then maybe going through each standard in a general sense and deciding if they're in that proficient, in the needs improvement category, if they may be distinguished. Um, but then thinking specifically about what that evidence is that they have, that they can document. And, and then making sure that people understand the elements of the program review. You know, that the language department and the administrators understand what proficiency means, um, what interculturality means, <clears throat> and then making sure the rest of the faculty understands <coughs> what global competence means, because that has been, I think, an area of concern. Yeah. Um, it's not just the job of the World Language Department to ensure that kids are globally competent. It's the, the, the job of the whole school, and it's the job of the whole school and the administration to um, ensure that there's a positive attitude toward learning languages because we all need that support and that encouragement. Right. Well, uh, I mean, in order to answer this question, probably we'll start from the, uh, from the idea that uh, if you leave aside the accountability component of the program review, uh, the program review, as Jackie mentioned before, is a tool that helps you that helps you build the capacity of your program within your building. And that, that's, that's the main spirit of the program review. And, and, and sometimes we feel that, that this program review, it's only used as an accountability piece. And it's just way more than that. So based on that, um, I, I would say that as of right now, unfortunately, uh, the Kentucky Department of Education, we, we have no exemplars when it comes to uh, approaching the program review because what it's been decided is precisely that we are sending out, out we are sending out there all those world language programs review uh, we are letting the schools experience with that, explore that see where they are and that's the reasoning behind 
the timeline and the implementation that has been set for the program reviews. Like, for example, you were mentioning before that all the schools they will have to to this. Well, uh, not exactly. The, the 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 high schools they are required this year to implement the program review. They are required to to answer the questions, uh, to uh, upload the evidences. Uh, but this year for them is just a, a pilot. But for example, elementary and middle schools, although they are required to answer the questions of the program review for each of the for each of the domains and the demonstrators, they are not required to upload the evidences, and uh, they have to complete the whole process with something very critical that we are going to send. Uh, in the next month, I would say, which is answering two questions regarding to provide feedback to the Kentucky Department of Education oh, about nice. what resources do you need okay. in order to implement these, whether they are fiscal, human, physical, or in time, or right. whatever. Because, and at least this is the approach that I'm, that I'm taking when I'm approaching everyone in the state. Uh, you all are our ears and our eyes. You know best than anyone what's happening in your school. So if we don't have that feedback to know how we can help right. you, how are we going to be able to give to you a tool to say, here, explore? What's the second question? The two questions, you mean? Mm -hmm. Well, those two questions, as I said before, uh, unfortunately, I cannot give you more information about oh, okay. it so far because we have not, they have not been sent okay. from the commissioner's office, Dr. Holiday. Okay. They need to come from there. Once that, that we receive those, they will come uh, as an addendum to the ACIST process where you have to fill uh, all the information right. about the program review and answer the questions. And through those, you will be able to provide feedback to the Kentucky Department of Education. Well, you know, Laura, I don't know mm -hmm. if uh, other districts are doing this, but in Jefferson County, um, it's been very helpful <coughs> to have the those who are in charge of the program review at the individual schools um, go through the process and then meet periodically for a peer review. Uh, where they share the information that they've been gathering and they can bring up questions and, and talk about it among themselves. Uh, we okay. do have that scheduled pretty regularly. I know in Fayette we have something similar, maybe a little different, um, but there's a team, an audit team, and um, you know, had the good fortune or not to be on that and um, we did the peer editing and then gave suggestions back to schools. Yes, we agree or if we didn't agree, we gave suggestions on how you might improve. So similar process, mm -hmm. probably just a smaller group <coughs> involved in it. Um, so that's two districts then who are providing that that support system, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, I hope teachers are taking this, um, language teachers are, are taking this as in a really positive way mm -hmm. because it's such a help and support. Yes, it's part of the accountability system, but that gives languages clout. It and, does. And that helps in myriad ways. I, I think Alfonso's probably seen it too, that th there's been a change in schools in the way they think about languages, the way administrators know more about language learning. And a lot of them have come on board to support this. Mm -hmm. um, they know it's needed. They're especially just trying to figure out how to get it there. Especially because when you put in there the piece of the global competencies, it, it it broads the perspective, yes. and mm -hmm. it, it makes administrators realize that world language teachers, they have been doing that all along, all the time, although just in the world language field. So now, it, 
it, it's a tool that is making world language teachers turn into leaders inside the building in order to address this. However, it's very important to understand, as Jackie said before, that the whole program review, and I will say this later on when we come to the global competencies, uh, although it's a tool designed to build capacity, at the same time it's a responsibility of the whole of the whole building to do that. Correct. So it's just not, it doesn't fall only on the shoulders of the world language teacher to address this or that, but also it's a responsibility as a team. Well, one thing you said, Alfonso, so I want to backtrack to this, is um, schools who don't have a world language program review. And of course, there's a lot of elementaries who don't, and there's even some middle schools who don't. So what <coughs> advice do the two of you have? How does a school even do the program review if they don't have a world language? They do it in terms of building capacity, like Alfonso said. Um, they look at what they have at the school in terms of the global competence <coughs> area. They start thinking about what they can do with language, how they can bring it in. Um, if I were a school principal, I'd be looking at my community and saying, you know, where are there other languages spoken? Um, within my school, who speaks another language? How can I utilize that until I can build a program with a teacher? Um, I, I would, yes, consider technological tools, but as a building step and as a supplement um, to having a teacher or a language and That's a good clarification you just made because a lot of times they think, oh, well, we've got this online or video series, and they think, check, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And so it and is. They're a, not because that won't meet the standards. Good, good. I, I would say uh, from from the key we are we are sending the message that there is no silver bullet for this. Mm -hmm. um, there is there is no plug and play option or something that is going to work for across the state. We are 173 districts. Uh, Kentucky is very diverse in its situ in its different circumstances. Uh, there are some districts, for example, that, that yes, they have that connection internationally when it comes to the languages spoken within the county, or they have the connection to the businesses, the international businesses that are there. But for example, they are very, very rural. Um, there are very rural counties out there that they do not have these resources. So how can we provide them something like that? Well, that's the reason why I'm trying to, to reach out to all the districts in Kentucky because I want to know who is doing what and where. And so far, we have been able to identify a few districts out there that they are having K-12 programs, even in districts that you could not believe that because they are right. maybe too small or maybe they are too far. And we are trying to identify those models so that we can provide some guidance and some steps for other districts that they would like to do this. Wonderful. That's a resource I think schools and teachers need to see what those baby steps are mm -hmm. to build their programs. Do you all have any data as of right now as to how many elementaries or middle schools don't have world languages? Um, Not yet? Not yet. Okay. I wanted to say before that, in connection to what Jackie was saying about the, the computer programs, the technology, uh, we, we cannot direct anybody into saying, you know, this is the best thing, you can right. use it or this or that. However, we are in the process of adopting guidelines, the KDE, Good. in order to say, this is what we are looking for. And the, with the biggest idea of them all in those guidances, which is those programs, they need 
to address the three modes of communication. Wonderful. And that's we what they fall, that. it's that inter interpersonal that they mm -hmm. fall down. Um, we've often suggested Middlebury Interactive is, is a possible one. Um, that ha comes the closest to having right. what we need. But still, you want someone there, a language facilitator, who can give that personal face-to-face, -face, um, be it in-person or virtual, um, experience of using the language. Right. Interpersonal. Well, mm -hmm. a couple things now, questions kind of to clarify. These are questions I've heard other educators ask in the state. Do things outside the school day count? Sure. Okay. So if you do a world language immersion camp in the summer or if you have after school, almost like an extracurricular option for kids, would that count in the program review? Remember, it's not the actual experience that counts, although things like outside of school are mentioned in the program review and so you can document that you are offering those opportunities. What counts is the proficiency, that the school is following the progress of a student on the proficiency chart. Okay. That's why in one Good. of the, that's why, I mean, I did say it's very well on one of the first demonstrators of the program review, it refers to the proficiency. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do many things along the year, but it, have, it, has, it has to be intentional. It so has to be. if a school is going to, for example, Beaumont, we do a summer immersion program. We look at the standard. We target what proficiency level we want. We build our curriculum off of that. So that's what you're supposed to do is what you're saying. Target a proficiency and be able to show growth of the students, basically, right. towards and that goal. You know, even in a, and I know this isn't across the state that these opportunities are available, but, but in Louisville, where there are a variety of organizations or language schools, um, Los Monitos, the Crane House, Alliance Francaise, uh, you know, a variety of them in town um, that offer languages for children, we have talked, I've talked to each one of them and given them <coughs> our standards, I've given them our proficiency wow. um, expectations, and we're working with the district so that if kids happen to attend those um, schools or organizational events, uh, that they can, if they can demonstrate a proficiency level, if the organization uses a recognized um, assessment that reports on those actual proficiency lines, mm -hmm. then we would accept that. And there is a spot in the program review where it does state outside learning is credit given for that. So I would add one good. more word to the mix, being consistent. Because it's something that, that you cannot just offer one thing out here to basically, as you said, check off. It has to be something consistent because, uh, I mean, it's pretty much demonstrated that you cannot learn a language unless it's something consistent over time. So mm -hmm. if you offer a world, a world language summer camp, Good for you. you. I mean, you are meeting actually things from prior review. However, uh, what are the goals that you're going to have to that? Are, are you intending to, to uh, follow it up the next year? Are you trying to create something out of that experience? Right. The, the word language learning, and, and Jackie knows more about, about this, uh, it has to be consistent over the time. Okay. Because if not, if, and actually there is a specific demonstrator that says that in the program review. Uh, the, the, the school, the district has to provide regular opportunities to the students to acquire proficiency benchmarks. Well, bouncing off of that, in the program review, there were a couple terms that I know me, I was like, what is this? You know, I've heard it, I don't know what it means. So let's talk about a couple of these. The first one is 21st century skills. What is that? Or are they? Well, 21st century skills. Uh, probably I can tell you more about this because this is a movement that started like 
10 years ago, that has been on the go 10 years ago, and it's something that has been uh, promoted as well by the Secretary of Education, Arne Duncan, mm -hmm. right? So and, you know, it comes from the 21st Century Partnership. <coughs> um, their website describes the, the skills that are needed. Um, it's taken uh, root, but it differs on who applies it. Each organization seems to find a way to apply those skills to their setting. Obviously communication, problem solving, critical thinking, um, creativity, all, all of those are, are very important. Um, and they're part of global competencies. So that's those are four things teachers, world language teachers, should be implementing in their instructional practices. You mm -hmm. should make sure there's creativity for the students. You should make sure that they are um, communicating, which fits well with what we're doing. So they are kind of the base of, of every decision we make. Right. The, the critical thinking should be in there for the problem solving, for okay. sure. Yeah. Okay. Another one, global competency. Mm -hmm. There are so many different matrix and, and formations of that. What is the one KDE is supporting? What, what's the vision for global competency in the world language classroom and across schools? Well, I'm putting here right now uh, the definition that actually we are sending out there mm -hmm. in the district where we are going meeting any kind of, of issue or anything. Uh, global competency is in-depth knowledge and understanding of international issues, an appreciation of an ability to learn and work with people with diverse linguistic and cultural backgrounds, uh, the skills to function productively in an, in an independent world community, and the biggest of them all, proficiency in a world language. That is the definition that we are sending out there. And okay. uh, specifying very clearly, proficiency in a world language, connecting this later on to some of the demonstrators of the world language program review, where it says that uh, the students must acquire proficiency benchmarks. So uh, when it comes to the global competencies, it's something that, that is just not, uh, how to say, learning a world language to keep it within your district, but it's about using it to explore the world, using it to acquire knowledge, using it to solve problems or situations that they are, and ultimately bringing that knowledge over here to Kentucky. It seems like global competency relates very well to interculturality, which mm -hmm. is already in our standard, but the program review more than once wants to know how global competency is being addressed throughout the entire school, mm -hmm. um, intentionally in other <coughs> curricula. So do you all have any suggestions on how would a math teacher, how would a social studies um, educator <coughs> incorporate global competency into what they're doing? Well. I mean, as you very well said, <coughs> the global competencies is something that doesn't, that is not unique to the world language. It's something that it uh, applies as well to the, mini, the different content areas across the school. Uh, actually, the Kentucky Department of Education is using one, <coughs> one document uh, uh, where uh, that is called Global Competencies Matrix where you can see not only the global competencies that are applied, the, the general global competencies matrix, but also another document that is applied to the different content areas. So for example, you have 
global competencies in math, global competencies in science, global competencies in world languages, and they all can interrelate. That's the beauty of it, is that, that uh, the, 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 the spirit of the global competencies is just precisely to not keep our students over here in Kentucky, but direct them towards the world. And I will anticipate to this question, well, what if the what if a student is not very much interested in traveling? What if a student is not very much interested in going outside Kentucky? Well, in a world like today, where technology is present everywhere, every time, they gonna they they are gonna need technology in order to communicate with other people around the world. Right. I know, for example, um, in a discussion I had with a math teacher at our school, they start their beginning of the school year, they give the students um, an activity to do in Italian, French, German, Spanish, and their point is to show that math is kind of a language, and you need to learn the basic concepts of that <coughs> language in order to excel in it. And I was kind of flabbergasted. It's like, good job. <laughs> you know, so not only was she bringing in world language, but she was doing that bigger concept of m math globally. And I thought that was really innovative. There's also a way of integrating the, the international aspect of curricula um, that I've noticed in a couple of schools I've observed. For instance, um, there was a fifth grade class where the teacher was um, actually reading aloud a story to the students about uh, a rug seller in an Arabic nation. And then in the math class, they were doing a project on areas uh, and uh, circumference, and they were looking at um, Arabic rugs oh, and figuring wow. out the circumference mm -hmm. and what kind of a rug would be, would be needed for that room. Um, so, <coughs> you know, there's a way to carry it through. And there are plenty of of examples out there, the teddy bear project where kids um, connect with kids <coughs> around the world and send a picture of a teddy bear to them, um, and you know, it's sort of like the flat Stanley type thing. Wow. Take the pictures. Um, the 21st Century Partnership Skills website has a teacher's guide for K-12 global competence with grade level indicators. So that might be a resource that people would like to look at. Um, they also have uh, on their website various links to projects um, like the Peace Corps School Bus Project um, or the ePals around the world. Um, there are science projects where kids can volunteer to look at a webcam that is under the sea and in a 15-minute period describe what they're seeing. So people around the world are doing this and there are enough of them doing it that they can uh, corroborate what they're seeing as being correct and scientists make, make decisions from this. Where again is that? Um, that is on the Asia Society website and also on the 21st Century Partnership Skills website. Fascinating. Wow. Um, well, as of right now, at the end of the year, schools are going to upload their program reviews, and I think Alfonso, you touched on this, and to assist. Once they're uploaded, what happens to the program review? Okay, well, uh, first of all, I would like to say that, that the question is, uh, I would say that it's partially true, because as I said before, uh, the high schools, they have to uh, enter the information and the evidence in assist uh, to establish their baseline. So that answers 
partially the questions that that okay. uh, that you are that we are addressing here. Uh, once the high schools they have uploaded their information and the evidence, they will use that to set their baseline, uh, so that in the next school year in 2015 and 16 they will be held accountable uh, with the World Language Program review. Now, for middle schools and elementary schools uh, and. I'm going to say this very clear, only under the leadership of school-based decision-making councils, they will have to answer the questions from the World Language Program Review uh, in ACIST, but they won't have to upload the evidence as a baseline data. Uh, these will provide each elementary and middle school the opportunity to become familiar with the rubric, uh, to check on current practices, identify needs and uh, create a stronger program programmatic improvement plan prior to the required statewide pilot uh, baseline setting year. Because this year, as I said before, elementary and middle schools, they are just doing this. But it is expected, or it is planned, that the next year in 2015 and 16, elementary schools and middle schools, they are going to become pilots so that eventually in 2016 and 17, they will become accountable. Uh, and as I said before, uh, at the end of that process, elementary schools and middle schools, they would have to answer those two questions okay. uh, regarding uh, around what resources, whether they are time, training, hus human or fiscal, are necessary in order to implement the product reviews in their, in their buildings. A hard question I have, and, and I know you're probably not going to want to answer it, so feel free not to. Will someone at KDE be looking at schools program reviews? Will there be auditing? Will there be anything like that set in place? And we realize you are one person in the entire state who is sitting at KDE, but is there anything in place like that? Well, we receive feedback, and as I said before, thanks to that feedback that we received from you all, we create plan and support. So, uh, how to say, I think it's, it's a way to, to answer to you the question. What you do matters to us. And at least especially in my field, if my main goal is to have K-12 world language education, if I don't look at what is out there, how am I going to be able to set my next steps in my so plan? So it would be informing, basically. At least in my field. Like Everybody's what? afraid of that punitive aspect. Yes. Um, so, you know, I think we need to forget about that and re cool. focus on being responsible. Um, we are there to educate kids. We're there to help kids learn to be ready for their world that they're going to be facing. They need to be globally competent. They need to have an additional language that they can functionally use. <coughs> and school administrators and teachers and other staff just need to take that responsibility. So this is one way to help them see to what extent they're, they're reaching those goals. That's, that's a good a way to look at it. Yeah. It's what we have been saying over, over uh, this podcast, which is you know, th this tool is, is built, is, is th the spirit of this tool is to help build capacity. So if you focus only on the accountability piece, it, it, I mean, obviously, we are going to be thinking, we are going to have a negative attitude towards that. But if you think on responsibility terms towards our students, which to whom we are serving as teachers and administrators because we want to prepare them for a future that maybe we are not going to know how it looks like in 10 years or in 12 years or in 16 years, but we know that 
they are going to be needing to, they will need to communicate and interact with other people, and we need to prepare them with the skills in order to do that. So it's it's a matter of responsibility, you know. At heart, every educator and every administrator knows the importance yes. is in learning. And I think once we're reminded about that, that it is for the learning of the child, we do become more responsible. That's a good way to end this. Jackie and Alfonso, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Your leadership has and will continue to put Kentucky in the forefront of national world language initiatives. I hope you both can join us again for Language Talk as we continue to explore the program review and the impact it is having on schools and teachers' instructional practices. If listeners have any questions or would like more information on particular topics discussed today, where can they go for that? They can contact me, Jackie Van Houten, at jackie.vanhouten at jefferson.kyschools.us. Thanks, Laura. For the Kentucky Department of Education, they can contact, they can go to the Kentucky Department of Education website. And also, uh, regarding program reviews, they can contact the lead consultant, whose name is Robert Duncan, at uh, robert.duncan at education.ky.gov. Or, in regard to the World Languages Program Review, they can contact me. Uh, my name is Alfonso de Torres, and they can contact me at alfonso.detorresnunes at education.ky.gov. Thank you. Wonderful. That is a long (laughs) email. (laughs) As we near the end of our podcast, it's time for polyglotting news. So, Jean-Marie, what updates do we have for the University Polyglotting News? The University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences Passport to the World program has already whisked students on four virtual globetrotting tours to South Africa, China, Russia's realms, and Mexico. They are year-long explorations into the culture and history of a country or region. For the program's fifth academic year, the college has delved into the turbulent, headline-grabbing region of the Middle East, Crossroads of the World. Events are going on through May 2015. 2015-16 promises to be another great year as Passport to the World presents the Year of Europe. There will be an exciting range of events from films to folk dance groups, lectures and presentations of all kinds related to Western Europe and Britain. You and your students are welcome to attend any and all events. You can find out more information on this year's Passport to the World or on next year at https forward slash passport dot as dot uky dot edu and also don't forget that coming up in april is kflc our annual conference at the university of kentucky and you are also welcome to attend if you have questions you can find out more on the kflc website and Jean marie do you have to register by march 1st yes okay wonderful thank you jillian what news does kwla have to share Greetings from the KWLA board. We are pleased to say we had a wonderfully productive board retreat at the Ramada Plaza Hotel in Louisville, which is also the site of the Triple Crown Conference Center, where our conference will be held. Uh, The board worked in large and small groups on PD, showcase, finances, and conference. The showcase, as you likely know, has undergone several changes since moving away from the festival model. We feel that this year we have finally gotten it right. Make sure to stay tuned to the KWLA website for updates and deadlines. Conference is also on the horizon, and we want you to nominate a deserving colleague or administrator for one of our awards. 
Nomination process is available on the KWLA website. Our call for proposals for the fall conference is also coming soon. It will open on March 1st and close April 30th. Conference registration will open June 1st and run through September 4th. All registrations after September 4th will need to register on-site. Once again, you can check the KWLA website for further information and also check your inboxes for emails regarding all of this. Thank you, Jillian. This wraps up our podcast on the overview of the Kentucky World Language Program Review. I wish to thank all of our guests today, Jackie Van Houten and Alfonso de Torres-Nunez for joining us, Jean-Marie Rouillet-Willoughby and the University of Kentucky for providing the location and broadcasting of our podcast, and Jillian Likens for co-hosting with me today. Please join us next month as we broach the topic of student growth goals and rubrics. This is Laura Rocher for Language Talk KWLA saying au revoir and happy teaching.